your hosts, Rain Carnegie and Britt Lovesin. What's going on, all you gamers? That's what we're going to start calling our audience and our fans. The gamers, because you are all part of the game. Let's go. Your hosts. Oh, gamers, I like that. You like it, eh? Not bad? Not bad? Your your hosts. B Love. Rain Bo Rain Carnegie. Where are you at, boy? I I am I am home. I took a mental health day. <laughs> what a what a day to take it because exactly. of the guests we have today. Um, we're on episode 14. Uh, episode 13 was a little wild with little, 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 little bit, little bit, little a little different from. with, uh, Mr. Rowdy, Rick Rowley, uh, Rowdy, 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 Rick Rowley. Rowdy, <laughs> so funny, so hilarious. Um, but you know, we, we went a little bit of a off course there with that episode. So today's episode, we're kind of bringing, bringing it back. To, we're, to getting, what we're, we're, we're getting back within our faculties. <laughs> yes. We're coming back to our comfort zone, hopefully. And with was such such a great guest, um, Mr. Dr. Cassidy Preston. Uh, what a what a guy to kind of bring things back down to some normalcy <laughs> around here. I guess you not being here is kind of not normal for us, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I must say the AC is working great. Um, oh, obviously, the one time I don't show up to the studio is the time <laughs> that the AC just happens to work. Robbie Soul has a hoodie on. Incidentally, <laughs> you know, so, when I'm there, the AC doesn't work. But as soon as I'm gone, the AC's on. <laughs> you know, I, I I would have loved to see if you were would have been sweating today because it's so nice in here. Like if you if you sweat today in this studio, then you got problems, boy. <laughs> Bro, I already told you I have problems. I sweat <laughs> just by looking at the sun, not, not not feeling the heat, just by like oh shit that 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 sun is bright. <laughs> You start you start sweating start looking at the right. weather forecast. I'm sweating right now when I have a fan on me. I always sweat. <laughs> so, anyways, our our guest today, Doctor Cassidy um, Preston, such such an honor to have him on our show. Like, what a guy! Um, PhD, York University, sports and performance psychology. Um, MSC, I don't even know what these things mean because I never went to school. Kids stay in school. Yeah. I, I got my high school. I got a little college, but I don't got what Mr. Cassidy has. Um, just isn't he isn't he young to be a doctor? He's a year, he's younger than us. I know. Like talk about how much how inadequate I feel. So I think MSC is right? a master of something. <laughs> <laughs> um, in sport and port performance uh, psychology, science. yeah, master. master of, there you go from the University of Toronto, uh, and a bachelor of science from York University uh, for kinesiology and health and science. Um, he, so. he was a former player, uh, coach, former coach. It sounds like your. It sounds like the resume of the bachelor. 
I know, I know he's not married with two kids. Married with two kids. But it sounds like you're reading a resume of somebody that would be cast in The Bachelor. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, lock your girls at home. We got Dr. Cassidy Preston. Did we say? Like. A new business venture, like he coached for, I think, you know, five, six years at a high level. He was a AAA coach for the same organization I coached at for a bit, uh, Richmond Hill. Um, uh, Now he's the founder and high performance coach at Consistent Elite Performance. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, Just a, a great honor to have him, especially at a time that we're in right now, it's uh I'm little... looking forward to it because I'm doing, I'm in the middle of, of, of training right now. For sure. Hearing uh, from all these great coaches that I've been uh, fortunate enough to be in a conference with, uh, that how big the mental side of the game is developing. Absolutely. Uh, Cassidy, uh, as a guest on our show, uh, at this pivotal moment, because hockey wasn't always about mental, it was, Go out there and work hard and yep. don't turn the clock over and score yep. more goals than the other team. And sure. I don't care that, you know, you just got dumped from your girlfriend. I don't care that, you know, your parents are all over you. I don't care. So so to now understand that that's an important aspect of, of the development of these athletes, uh, I'm so looking forward to this conversation with Cassidy. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, like I said, at a time right now where we could all use a little – help from our friends and you know everybody you know battling you know everyone battles things differently obviously but i know we're all in this together and it's been strenuous uh, at times and it's just good to have somebody like cassidy to kind of help guide us through it a bit and he'll talk about everything all the great stuff he's doing and where he came from where you know Hockey's in his blood. I know he's a North Bay uh, native, but... Uh, North Bay Battalion, what up, what up? That's right. So, you know, he'll talk to us about, um, you know, a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, we usually do our, you know, support local small businesses. Um, we just entered stage two in Ontario. So all these small businesses that we have promoted throughout our, our season, our shows... Now's the time, you know, obviously before was the time, but now's the time more than ever to get out there and, you know, buy that ice cream from Sweet Jesus, Uh, you know, buy those hoodies from uh, the Grand Slammers Slammers. and, uh, you know, just everyone we did, Sugo, Pharaoh, um, Thirsty Fox, Tata Bless, you know, Um, I'm I'm probably missing a few, but... uh, Toronto hockey. Toronto repair. hockey repair, exactly. Um, uh, your jerseys, who are, who are they? Who did we Gitch do? Gitch Sportswear. Gitch, Gitch Sportswear. Anyone yeah. else? Thirsty right. Fox. Yeah, we said them. I think that's it. What? Annex Social. Annex Social. The if, we, if, we, if we left you out, we're sorry. 
but uh, you know, like I, I apologize. We could go back to our episodes and just watch them, and then go support them. <laughs> and then you can tell us which ones we forgot. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so now more than ever. But uh, you know, today I ran into uh, a very close family friend of mine, almost like you know, a second father to me, uh, Joey Mello, and uh, you know. His family faced some tragedy with uh, his brother who was uh, murdered um, in early 2000s, Eddie Mello. He was a golden uh, gloves boxer, one of the you know, up-and-coming, bright young stars in the boxing world. And uh, you know, it, was, it was very tragic. So I ran into him today and I forgot what amazing things they've been doing since the passing of his brother and uh, his daughter, Jessica Mello, they, they put together um, the Eddie Mello uh, Legacy Foundation organization. And it's, it's basically for underprivileged youth and trying to get some you know, financial aid into their pockets and help them do some stuff that, you know, Without our help, they can't do. So they're doing great things. They do a lot of fundraisers. They, they put on boat cruises with like entertainment. It, you know, I've been to a few. My dad, when, you know, God, you know, rest his soul, played on those boat cruises and, you know, he was an entertainer. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a family thing with Joey Mello and the Mello family. So I just wanted to give them a shout out today and we'll post their website where you can, you know, join the foundation and help out. And they do a lot of great uh, boxing events as well. They put one, uh, the most recent one I think was down by the exhibition place. I think they had like, you know, 2000 people in their tables sold. Um, a lot of great, you know, people in the boxing world just supporting uh, GFL, the garbage company. They had a table, like, just, it was, it was amazing. Sugo had a table. I was at the, uh, the event I was supporting with Sugo. Uh, they just do great things. Amateur boxing events. I think the last one I was at, uh, it was Canada versus U.S., so they had, like, that going. Yeah. A lot of great talent, a lot of female boxers and, you know, male boxers. And it, it was just an amazing show. They're doing great things. So, you know, please check them out and... Uh, yeah, like I said, dear to my heart, Joey Mello and the Mello family, we love you, and Jessica Mello, and uh, yeah, support them if you can. Support them. Support them. That's right. And That's oh, oh and their like, merch. Like, look at, like they got, they got the hats. You didn't even tell me that there was, that they there got was the some shirt. I got you a hat, don't worry. We'll, okay. uh, we'll get okay, you there. Good. We'll get you there. Okay, good. good. There you go beautiful support them um but anyways moving along to that um from that we got an amazing guest like i said um i i want to go through all his uh, certificates again <laughs> and his diplomas <laughs> but i'll just mess it up all over again so without further ado let's move to our guest dr cassidy preston Hauser preston there he is. Let's go. <laughs> All 
All right. Thanks, uh, Cassidy, for being on the show. Dr. Cassidy Preston. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Dr. Cassidy Preston. Does that does that get old or like does it have like a certain ring to it now? Uh, I, I, well, I, I generally don't want people when I'm having conversations going like I'm good with Cassidy, but uh, I, I'm starting to get used to it. It's, it was definitely weird uh, for for the beginning for the bit. My dad's a medical doctor, so I've got a different different degree. And I get chirped uh, for that actually quite a bit. <laughs> one of my best friends is like, "You're not a real doctor," <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so um, no, I, I've gotten a bit more used to it now. It's been a few years, so um, but but yeah, Cassidy's good, guys. So, so now, so, now, now so doctor, <laughs> I, I'm gonna call you doctor because I'm just I'm just that guy. So doctor, has anybody ever called you Doogie Hauser? Do you know who Doogie Hauser is? I've heard no. you. you <laughs> You fuck a little bit, and I'm not saying I know like the stereotype, like all black people look alike. I'm not saying that to you, but I'm just—is that something that you've ever been told or like mentioned in passing? I think I think maybe once before, a few years back. But hey, that's Doctor Doogie Hauser to you, pal. Yeah. All right. My apologies. My apologies. Um, but yeah, talking about that, like you're doing some amazing work with uh, your new your new company um consistent yeah. elite performance um but before we dive into that stuff we want to talk about that um we want to kind of take it back you know uh, a north bay ontario native um i know Shout north bay battalion yep um we had the gm of uh, the battalions on our show adam dennis so oh nice um shout out north bay um yeah. <laughs> but yeah so is is like the stereotype correct there like is that how you got into hockey because hockey is kind of north bay yeah that's that's all all, all we could do <laughs> like i lived on the lake um uh growing up and we went backyard rink in the winter we we're out there for a long time i we moved in closer to town outdoor rink right in the community like we spent a lot of time on the rink it's definitely a hockey town. It's small. We weren't actually the best hockey town. Like, so like, um, we had the Centennials and they had some runs and then we lost them. Now, now we got the battalion back, but, uh, there's definitely a lot of hockey pride. You know, we get good rivalries with Sudbury and the Sioux. Um, it's, it's definitely a different type of hockey. And I've been now in the city for a long time and that's where I play in the O and stuff. But, uh, up North it's, it's different. Right. And, we, and I always say like up North and then someone actually pointed out to me like this year, we're not that far north. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I'm northern Ontario. It's like there's a lot more north of like North Bay. But the uh, so the uh, but it's, it's just like, in the name. Yeah, it's just it's in the name. But yeah. The, yeah. and it is we are north of like you know the the mega city of the Toronto and the GTA. But uh, it, it's definitely different kind of like I we play in the the Great North Midget League and we would go in my draft year. We're like we're going into like Timmins and then we're going into Kirkland Lake and it's like it's like community battles and it's like getting heckled. And it was like, I remember like hitting a guy from behind and I'm getting jumped and there's like crowds going nuts and they're like yelling at me. And like, this is just like midget hockey. It's not even good hockey really. And like, <laughs> it's like they're eating it up. Right. And, uh, and then whereas like, you know, now knowing like the, the GTA area, it's like very different. It's just everybody just like, it's just anybody can play for any team. There's no real, not that kind of community battles and rivalries and stuff so it's definitely um you know it's what what we did and uh and i was fortunate enough to be able to, to play well enough and get drafted and, and come down and uh and play at the higher level so 
um, yeah, there, there's lots there, but yeah, I, I enjoy my time in North Bay and there's some good, uh, good mentors and stuff that helped me uh, develop uh, in those young, young years for me, for myself. So, so Cassidy, uh, you, you cultivated your hockey skills in the great town of North Bay uh, and you get drafted into the OHL. Now, my experience, I'm a city slicker, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm GTA, <laughs> you know, all I know is yeah. the GTA, like, yeah. there's life outside the GTA. <laughs> so, so, so I end up getting drafted as well to the Ontario yeah. Hockey League, and I yeah. went from, you know, big GTA mm -hmm. to little Bell Vegas and Belleville. Yeah. And, and what a shock and, and a change of scenery that I had to adopt to, or adapt to, I should say. Yeah. Is it similar coming from a small town like North Bay getting drafted to the biggest town yeah. that yeah. there is in yeah. junior hockey into yeah. Toronto? Was there an adjustment period for you? A culture shock maybe even? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I'd been in Toronto quite a few times, like doing tournaments and things. So it's not like I was uh, didn't know of it, obviously. <laughs> I was aware of, the, of Toronto. But... Um, you know, it, it was a big adjustment. I was going to St. Mike's at the time, still in grade 12, uh, like just getting a built family. St. Mike's isn't that an all boys school? Yeah, yeah, was I went that, there for was, grade was 12. That your, yeah. Was that your first year ever being with yeah. one set? Like that, yeah. that was, yeah. I went to Upper Canada College for a year. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I always went to co ed school. So, like that. Yeah, that in itself was a shock. Else, that was, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was, it was a really tough year, my first year. And, uh, but, and, but being in the city was one thing, but it was like, and like when I when you're an underage, like I was an underage. My first year in uh, in the O, like it's not like you're going out to bars or anything. It's like <laughs> like and I've had guys that play for Brampton. It's like you know they they would leave Brampton to go somewhere else to go out. They could drive to St. Catharines and stuff, right? <laughs> but this was like I was young. Like we couldn't really go out. Like we didn't have our rookie party till the season was over. And that, that's when we went out and had actually our rookie party. So, um, but the but so the overall experience is also tough because we didn't have enough billet families. Because for whatever reasons, like you think there would be enough in Toronto, but like I guess they had a hard enough time collecting. And uh, I started out spent all their money on the Leafs. They had no. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was weird. And um, so you know, jumping around from a few different places, and uh, um, and I ended up living in a, in a nice billet family. But we were out in Brampton actually, and I was commuting in from Brampton for like forty-five minutes in the morning to be at St. Mike's for like eight thirty classes at St. Mike's all day. And then play OHL practice, and then drive home. I'm not getting home till seven, eight o'clock at night, wow. and then trying to do homework and like first year away from home, and and like so it was tough. And then not doing well, <laughs> getting to that, but they, not performing on the ice, and then getting a healthy scratch and all those challenges. Um, so and anyways, but then the next year I actually got, uh, which kind of the how we I met um, Britain was through. Um, Guy coach with Tommy is related to actually the Tedescos, and that's uh, the great built family that ended up staying there for three years. But yeah, it was uh, it was an adjustment. But I, I like the city. Like I like uh, I live in Newmarket, so I'm not in Toronto necessarily, but GTA and 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 stay close. So um, you know, I, I definitely it, it was an adjustment, but it's it's it was those are the other things I'm sure we'll dive into were more of a factor for me than than the. Uh, than the, than the size of the city. Cause you don't know how big Toronto is when like you're in, in it almost sometimes as, as a kid, like I, I was, my world was this small. Like it was, it was school in the OHL, like it was small. So, um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that was that. I, I'll 
I'll dive in because it's probably worth it. Let's the my first year in the OHL this is where I really kind of fell in love with the mental side of the game, the importance of it, because like I was a disaster, right? My um, my mental game became a, a complete disaster. I came in thinking I was going to get drafted, play in the NHL. Like that was my mindset, right? Which is in a way not a bad mindset, but it was not the right one or the healthy one or the best one because like I was clearly not that good. I'm like, who's told me I could be like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be easier to show up to the NHL your first year, just dominate, light it up, and for sure you'll get drafted NHL. Like, and it was all about the results and like I said, these skewed expectations. And, um, and so, yeah, it definitely weighed on me. And so as things didn't go my way, it got worse and worse. And I got healthy scratch, 34 games. I got, uh, um, I had games where I would dress. We drove from Toronto, Ottawa, dress. I'm in the lineup, didn't get a shift. I'm like, like just waiting, like, waiting for like, it, it's like, you talk about having confidence, like, whew, it's like, you had no points as a forward in a year, get healthy scratch, like half the games. Uh, the worst part was I go home to my hometown, which is again, a lot of pride hockey. And I get chirped by kids in my hometown. I could have got a point if I played 34 games. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you think I wasn't trying to put up points? Like, I'm on the, like, like, oh, so that, that hurt, right? Like, that was a blow. And you wanted to quit your, your self-image, everything's um, down. But I was able to, you know, pull myself together, really keep investing in the mental side of the game, come back from that. Was uh, fortunate. I got to win a championship with the buzzers the next year. I went up and down, uh, stayed with St. Mike's. Got had a decent year my last year in the O, you know, put up some, you know, actually scored some goals and stuff. So, <laughs> team wasn't great, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, the team got progressively worse when, when I was there. But uh, yeah, so that, that's, you know, th those were the the interesting years of my, my junior career was that uh, I, I had a really interesting experience that really shaped my interest in the mental side of the game. And, and, and when you, when I hear you talk about it, Cassidy, like, first of all, congratulations on, you know, having the strength and I'm sure I like to, you know, talk about support systems mm -hmm. and, and if you don't have one, you need to find one because this world is a tough place to yeah. live. In. And when, when I heard your story just now about being scratched 34 games, yeah. uh, dressing for a game, waiting for your shift, not getting a shift, and you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, did I tie my, my skates wrong today? Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> did I paint my stick with black paint? Like, like, I, like, like no. But, 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 but to that point, what was the communication like from the adults in the room? Yeah. Like we talk about, I'm doing training right now, which is why we're doing this this the show yeah. so late is to accommodate yeah. my schedule. So thank you, Cassidy, for yeah. that. I appreciate that. And Britain, you have to. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 one of the things that they're they're talking about is the evolution of the player. And yeah. and back when you played, Cassidy was around the same time that I was playing because we were, were relative in age, and. And it was a different era. Now I'm coaching and I'm realizing that some of the tactics from some of my favorite coaches, yeah. you know, are just flat out wrong. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so what was, was there any communication or were you left as a young teenager, 17, 18 years old, yeah. trying to figure out life on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like, um, it wasn't. And, and, and like, you know, our coach is a nice guy, real nice guy off, off the, off the ice, but even on the ice, like, uh, 
like it was just a, a lot of the standard back then. Some is, still is in some places. Like, and uh, even in the NHL, there's still some coaches that are very old school. Uh, you talk to some of the pro guys, there's like, they don't like certain coaches. And then there's other coaches they love, right? It's their, uh, and they want to play for those guys. So it's, it's growing, it's coming. But the, uh, yeah, I was, you know, like, like, why was I at 17 not get, like, send me down? Like, like who was, like, why wasn't that, like, why didn't I do that? Like, what am I just sitting there collecting dust in the stands? And uh, it's just not good for development, not good for your mindset. Was, so, there, ever, was there ever that conversation? That conversation did, didn't happen. It happened did, the next year. Like, did, the next did, year. But did it ever yeah. happen? Like, while, yeah. you're, while you're sitting on the bench, while you're yeah. being healthy, scratch with every game, like, there, there are other people that are involved in that process, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Like what were your agents saying? What yeah, like, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't have much. Like, what were your we, teammates saying? Exactly. Like, yeah, did any I, of your teammates I, stand up and be like, "Hey, like, coach, yeah. like, we've lost four games in a row. Maybe juggle, juggle the line." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, our team was actually still decent that year, and. um because it, it kind of carried through. It was Dave Cameron that got drafted me, but then he was gone at that time. And then the new coach that came in, um, it kind of got a little worse. Um, but we, we were still decent because we had some really good players in our in our lineup. But a lot of them actually ended up wanting to get out. We had some guys that come in and guys that were were supportive of me. But you know, I didn't have like my I didn't really have like a, a strong agent relationship or anything because like I just got like somebody to help me sign the contract. Like I was a nice guy and I knew him, but. Uh, we, we would never really, we never talked like, and then my dad, like, you know, I love my dad and everything, but like, he doesn't know what the heck he was doing. Like, so thing, like, yeah, like he's not, he's not, he's like kind of, uh, and he's, he's like, he's, he's a, a fun story. Yeah. What's that? The doctor. Yeah, he's a he's the doctor, he's a medical guy. doctor. He's not a hockey guy, <laughs> but, but he's also like, talk, like I'll, I'll give you, he's an interesting story um, because he's like old school. Like he's more farm boy than than me, obviously. Like I grew up, my dad was a doctor. Like I'm not a farm boy, like yeah. in, in the full sense of it, he was a farm boy. He grew up in poverty, right? Like he's old school. He's yell, he's fight. Like he, they get in fist fights every day at lunch and stuff like, and, um, but in the, the funny thing with him now is like, he's like Buddha to the extreme. Like he's meditate, like he's wow. zen out, like he's, yeah. he's really grown and transformed in, in, in those ways. But like, you know, I kind of had this old school kind of dad growing up for the most part. <laughs> and like, you know, I just go tough it out. Like, you know, like kind of like, right. you know, and um, and so, but anyway, so he didn't know any better. Like he's like, um, he didn't know anything. And uh, at the time and yeah, the, the coaches are, it was the pretty hands off. Like even like when I get healthy scratch, they tell you on the way off the bus, like, it's just like, oh, you're at the game. I remember like when we get off the bus, it's like we're trying not to look at the coach. Like maybe if he doesn't see me, he won't help me scratch me. Like, like that's what we're doing. Trying to get off the bus. Like, uh, or I remember like, those walks. I yeah. remember those walks. Like, I had like, a couple like, of those. Like, like the whole bus ride, there's just so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. Like, am I going to play today? Yeah. And um, or like or or the home games. Like you find out when you get into the room and your jersey's not hung up. It's like oh, like. <sighs> You, you can't can't send the guy a text like you can't let them know the day before you didn't know i've heard of and you've invited doing... all your friends and girls yeah. to come watch oh, you yeah. play it's awful it's like the the, the where's the humanity right yeah. mm -hmm. and um and it's coming now i think it's different but i've even heard there was a coach i think it was one of my ushl guys this year the coach wouldn't tell the goalie who's starting 
tell like until they get to the rink. Like like little like play a mental game with with a player. That's one thing. With your goalies, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like like okay. and he's like they had the worst goalies in the year. It's like y'all wonder why. Like because <laughs> like, they're stressed out. It's like are they gonna play? Like so um anyways yeah the what we know now and even like what we know then and one of uh the coaches like one of our i do a kind of a small podcast we're starting to do it just on the x's and o's going beyond the x and o's of coaching right and i've got some good uh relationships going with the the coaches side we have a a workshops and those things we were talking about before uh some other stuff we'll be doing i'll talk about but one of the guys that came on i forget the name it was like Actually, I think it was Glenn Clark, uh, who coaches in the NLL, actually, lacrosse. And he was a, a pro hockey player as well. But he said, um, pretty sure it was him, he said, like, you know, the way the standards now for what's acceptable coaching and, you know, how to treat people is just how you should be treating people. <laughs> like, it's just like, it just used to be the norm that, like, you could just as the norm, you just don't treat athletes like people. Like, you just, right? And I was like, oh, actually, that's, you wouldn't treat, a normal person that way but then like why would you talk to someone this way why would you just like treat people like this this is you're just treating people with human dignity and uh and i think it's just the culture has really changed like the stuff that's happened in the nhl you know in the last couple of years and what the coach like what coaches were doing and getting exposed of is uh really shedding a light on the mental side of the game on the the leadership aspect of coaching and like we we're talking about that hp1 like that's so important. Like, how do we communicate on important topics and lead and understand the player's mindset? Because it's, you know, they're, the players are getting smarter and they understand what's acceptable and not. Players are, um, they understand like how they should be communicated with. And when they're not, like they shut down and a lot of them don't respond well. And it's just like, they, they shouldn't have to be, uh, you know, abused emotionally in a sense to, to perform well. Like there's, one of my things in my master's research, which is which is huge, is just like this cultural norm that we think we need to go through emotional abuse to achieve high levels of performance. Mm-hmm. That's so flawed. Like, no, you don't. Like, it's like, and and the fact is, the more you support them in a healthy environment, they're gonna optimize their performance. And you it's you want both. And people think it's one or the other. Well, if you want to be this nice coach, then you're gonna sacrifice performance. No, you don't have to if you're doing it in the right way. And it's like, well, I, I got to win, so therefore I have to sacrifice mental. Like that's so messed up. Is there, and, is, there is there performance in being scared? Like like using the old school approach. Like you, you yeah. know, like if you don't do what I tell you to do, yeah. Like do you, what brain do you have? You're supposed yeah. to do what the coach tells you to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you, for a lot of years, that was the optimal way yeah. to, to to gain you know, yeah. optimal, uh, abilities yeah. to perform. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you change that narrative? Cause I agree with you. Like, I think that you kill mm-hmm. them with, you kill them with honey. Like you want, you yeah. want to attract bees, you give them honey. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't give them vinegar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so if, if we're, if we're like, like to your point, Cassidy, yeah. if we're, you know, loving and accepting and positive and building them up, how, how, how can anybody argue that what's yeah. been the norm should still be prevalent yeah. in, in, in the development of the athlete? Yeah, well, uh, my opinion, anybody arguing that, like, you know, fear is the best motivator is an idiot. So <laughs> that's my answer. The, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, like, it's, 
um, you know, love stronger than fear kind of like, you know, that's kind of a cliche, but it's because it's true. And, um, but like fear can work in a short term. And, and so that's kind of why it's uh, stuck around for so long, because it, it can have an impact and you can get certain results, but you're not going to get optimal results. You're not going to get greater well-being. And as people, especially the standards of what's, you know, the quality of living and communication, the way people understand what respect is, um, you know, it's just like, well, this is not acceptable anymore. And it's just like, so, and it, and it isn't in like, generally just people wouldn't accept that. Like you just wouldn't accept being like yelled at emotionally abused in a workplace. Yeah. And some of that culture has, it has been in the workplace and it's kind of obviously making its way out and, uh, mm -hmm. in ways, but, uh, uh, so yeah, the, the, the bottom line is this, this works better. Mm -hmm. It's harder to do. It's often harder to do. Like I would do some executive coaching, business coaching, and we're talking with a team this week. And it's like, yeah, it's harder to learn to, it's like, just tell people what to do and manage and task oriented. Right. But like to really lead people, you need to connect and understand them and they need to understand you. This is this crucial conversations piece where people are heard. You felt heard. You're able to communicate your values um, and get on the same page with people. And that's a process and a soft skill that you, you don't just read in a book, mm -hmm. right? And that you can't just draw up on the X's and O's. And there's great literature and research out there that helps and informs people. And that's, and again, a lot of it's not taught. It's just overlooked. The coaches are thirsty for it because they know how well it works. Like look at John Cooper, look at uh, um, the guy in, uh, I was just, I always forget his name, uh, Paul Maurice in Winnipeg. Like, these great guys coach. are 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 coaching in a very different way, mm -hmm. and they also have organizations, and that's the other big thing. Uh, Aaron Wilbur, the guy the coaches say, you know, he works a lot of high end um, and does a lot of high. -end. It's the owners, it's the GMs, it's there's leaderships coming down from the top down, and you know, coaches are definitely a huge role, but everybody's in a leadership position, and, and their ability to understand these soft skills uh has a huge impact on the overall experience and then that's where you you see these dynasties and consistent winning people implementing these concepts and behaviors and principles for so. sure and like also like uh you know resources these days like you know rain and i mm -hmm. were talking about it before and you know cassidy's kind of like the mental coach now you know and yeah. like there's the skills coach and there's mm -hmm. your head coach but you know when we we're all growing up playing hockey you know, usually sometimes your head coach was, you know, your coach, your, your mentor, your, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell like your, your extra dad, you know, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> right. So like, yeah. you know, I find also, you know, not, I kind of think that, you know, some coaches in the old school mindset, obviously we've, we've moved on from that, like, you know, but mm -hmm. also now having these resources and like, you know, people like Cassidy doing what you're doing and shedding light on this is, is, is huge for, you know, not just hockey, obviously, just like the world, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, having more people on your team helping you with every little thing rather than just one guy, you know, trying to do it all. It, it, it yeah. kind of, it's a formula that is kind of broken and so uh, I, doesn't I, I, work. I'm, I'm old school, right? So like to Britain's point, like coaches, your trainer, your 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 gopher boy he, he just does everything for you your hype man your uber your, sometimes your, if you, don't. <laughs> you, know, like you, you sometimes think that he's your mom your dad your brother and your sister right but yeah. now it seems like with the evolution of the game uh, and more research that's been done it sounds like there's 
you know, something niche for everybody to help be SME subject matter experts in that specific field to drive optimal performance. And like, I was like, what does Cassidy do? Like, what is a mental skills coach? So I, 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 I did some research, not on you, well, <laughs> on you as well. <laughs> but, but but something that one of the first things that clicked up that 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 uh, popped up sorry was uh, this article on Olympic athletes and it says if you if you've ever wondered how Olympic athletes are able to perform flawlessly under extreme pressure it's because they have a secret weapon a mental skills coach these professionals help elite athletes psychologically prepare for major events like the Winter Olympics to help them train their minds and bodies to work together to achieve seemingly impossible feats. The physical differences between athletes or teams at the elite level are almost negligible. Colleen Hackard, PhD, the mental skills coach for the US women's hockey team told Self, the publication, what separates out the good from the great and the great from the greatest is often that psychological component. Is that in a nutshell what you try to provide the organizations, the families, the people that you ultimately work with is kind of bridging that gap to, to make to make them so unstoppable essentially? Yeah, I, 100%. And I've got an unreal analogy that we use that just paints the picture uh, for you. So think of an athlete as, as a race car, right? And they've got, you wanna have a great car. It's fast, it's agile, it's got great steering. It's got all this, the good mechanics, but you need a good driver to drive the car. And the driver, if they're distracted, they're scared, they're hesitant, like the driver gets the most out of the car. And so many athletes are investing in their car. They've got an unreal car, but a shitty driver. And so what do you get? You get a car that's not performing at its best consistently or when it matters. And so the bottom line becomes, you know, you've got to work on both. It's not like, oh, have a great driver in a shitty car. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. Like you need both. And um, and so it's the ability of then, because so then how do we work on the driver? And then that's what we do. And um, and we we give strategies, we break down what it is, what is our mindset, what are the subcomponents, how do they interact, what's your greatest areas to work on within that, and then what are the strategies to consistently do that in terms of a reset routine, reflection process, imagery, and mental prep. And it's these little things. And the cool thing is it takes way less time and energy. It takes a lot of time and energy to build that car up. Right. But actually to work on the drivers, not like, it's not like it's overly taxing. It's not like it's, you know, oh yeah, you got to invest like 40 hours a week. <laughs> like, no, it's like 10 minutes a day, like 30 minutes here and there a week, like a session. It's just putting a bit of time and energy into it. It goes a long way. And, um, and, and, and athletes get that right away. It's like, and, and people are seeing it all the time. It's, it's becoming even more and more of a thing. The athletes are becoming so afraid of what other, everybody thinks. What does my coach think? What does my parents think? What do the other people think? They're, we have so many people are people-pleasing, doubting themselves. Their self-worth is tied to results, to what other people think. Um, and it's causing a lot of issues in athletes. And so, therefore, the driver is distracted, plain afraid, you know, not in the, not in the moment, too tense, holding onto the wheel too tight, et cetera, holding onto the stick too tight in hockey. Uh, goalies that are like literally nervous at the start of games. And so, um, and the nerves are getting the best of them. So it's, it's the driver that we want to work on. It's the mindset that helps you get the most out of your, your abilities and be consistent because anybody can play great once. Can you play great consistently? And that's the difference in a mindset. And especially when you're 
your best is needed. Like Olympians are huge. Like it's four years. Your dad. Like, and it's like, and then you're going to blow it. You're going to leave it up for like, you're not going to, you know, leave it up for chance. So, so, gonna... so before you, before you continue, I hate to cut you off. You just brought up something like yeah. everybody can be great once, but where's that yeah. consistency? Yeah. I'm always getting chirped on this show. Yeah. About how I did not perform <laughs> in the championship game at Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> I'm trying to tell everybody that yeah. Nancy Kerrigan, my skates, and took <laughs> my edge, and they sabotaged our championship. I, I scored a goal that game. Why. And I wasn't uh, Mr. UCC, uh, you know, Rain Carnegie playing for the St. Mike's, uh, wherever you were playing, buddy. So, so yeah. is, is the opposite, my question, doctor, is yeah. the opposite true? Can you be great consistently and then have an, a, a brief moment yeah. where you falter? Yeah, for sure. And still be great. Oh, of course, yeah. I oh, like, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah for Lord. sure. Well, I was going to say, do you have like um, maybe a, an example? Did you work with someone that like came to you and said, look, um, Cassidy, I don't know what it is. Every time I get on the bench, uh, you know, we actually had a guest, uh, Rob Shrimp uh, was on <laughs> yep. our show and he talked about having this like wicked anxiety that he never really had before. And it just all of a sudden came on and to the point where he was sitting on a bench one shift and he said he was telling himself please don't pass out please don't pass out and then mm -hmm. he got through it went out scored a goal or something came <laughs> back like was just dealing with that though like do you have you know some something you could shed some light on uh, a situation or an example that you've helped someone with that kind of issue or a problem yeah well that that's pretty extreme one yeah. I, we had um I had like a soccer goalie actually was uh, puking before every game. So, and, um, and like just within like one or two sessions, puking stopped. Like it's just, it's, it's a shift in mindset of just, you know, learning that like, you know, you don't have to please everybody. And like, and, and to uh, your point, Rain, like you can, we're, we're human. Like, oh, to, it, like, it's not like we're expecting you to be perfect. Like, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's usually one of the biggest issues and limiting beliefs that are holding people back. They think like, well, I should be perfect, right? If, if Robbie Shrimp's going to the game, is like, well, I should do this and I should, and I have to be perfect. He's putting these unrealistic pressures on himself in a way that are unhealthy. And it's going to cause that anxiety and nerves um, and usually going to actually backfire, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and it's just not healthy in a lot of ways. And so you can have super high standards for yourself. i got a super high standard. I'm going to work hard, do this and play this way, but not, but let go of the expectations and shoulds and the perfections about the results because it's out of your control anyways. And, uh, and so there's a massive distinction there. And, uh, you know, we, we, I've got lots of examples of athletes that have, you know, they're in their own head and they're just consistently not performing well. And then, you know, a couple, you know, shifts in mindset and now they're, you know, performing very consistently. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, that the, the want to pass out on the, on the bench is not too common, but like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's, I don't see a lot of that, for but, sure. um, but that's, like I said, I had the one soccer one, mm -hmm. but yeah, I see a ton of just players or, or they get really down on themselves and get frustrated. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they get completely derailed. Like my story, um, that I could tell, well, cause it was my own experience was my last year of junior. I put up uh, 74 points in 50 games, roughly. So about point and a half a game, decent year. I look back at it, at it, out of the 50 games, 20 of them, I had no points. 
And that means 30 games, I lit it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> 20 games, I wish I didn't. <laughs> like, oh, what happened? So I go back and look. I look at the 30 games. Almost every one of them, I got a point in the first period. Mm. Things went well. Then what happens? All right, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> like, let's, go. Just, let's go. What <laughs> happens on the games when I don't get a point in the first period? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, I suck. What's wrong with me? It's not my day. The self-talk gets negative. I get derailed. So then I'm holding the stick tighter in the second period. Like, get some chances, make more mistakes, get more upset. Downward spiral continues. And sometimes this kind of goes on for games at a time. That's like a legit called a slump, right? So like, you're in the <laughs> head. And uh, so trust me, I experienced it. <laughs> That's why I got into this because, you, know, um, you know, I was exhibit A. So... Um, and, and so I see athletes in this all the time. And, um, and we, we had a good one of a, a junior guy, obviously not this past year, but the year before, where he was putting up like, you know, 1.1 points a game. He's like 20th in the league in junior, but, you know, had some perfection problems, you know, was really focused on results. Like a lot of junior guys, like they're just studying the game. Like, oh, what are my points at? Where am I at in the league? Every day, check it. Like, yeah, Don't right. We all did it. And like, yeah. it's not helping. Right? I still do it in men's league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unhealthy. Man. I've done it in men's league. Yeah, but if you're doing it daily, like it's yeah. one thing to check every once in a while. Like, that's jokes so. though. Yeah. But, um, so, but this guy's doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, eventually we got to stop checking him, really define what his process is and, and connect to that. Let go, use his research team. Guy finished the league 2.2 points a game. Like it was like, Dom, like dominated down the stretch like just tweak it's not i didn't teach him how to skate didn't mm -hmm. teach, work on a shot didn't work on the car at all just yeah. on the mental side mm -hmm. and there's a just a massive shift and um and so we get the results like that all the time and it's it's really cool um for athletes to like is, most of them is like they don't know what it is or how to work on it it's just this like mm -hmm. arbitrary thing that like people know when they get but then they don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just leave it up, you know, in the air. And it's, and, and as you rise the ranks, it becomes the most important thing, right? As the, that article you mentioned, Rain speaks to, everybody's got a fast car. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a great car. What's the driver in the cars? Is what's gonna separate? And can you have a good driver that shows up consistently? And uh, or just hope oh, I hope I got it today. <laughs> like hope to hope I score in the first period and I'm a good game. <laughs> like, like that's not a good strategy. That's not a good strategy. Like so um, you know that's, like were you uh, the type of guy that would like shut it down with five minutes left in the first because like the first fifteen you didn't get a point. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. it, like twenty minutes you went hard and yeah. then you shut it down. It, well, it's, I think the, the story is a little black and white, but it, it would be obviously a little more gray than that. So mm -hmm. it could be like, um, it's probably like after one, two chances, or it's like, or it's, it's getting through the game and I haven't got many chances or like, I got a chance and I made a great play, but I'm posting out and I'm like, Oh, like, or I set up a guy and he misses. I'm like, Oh, come on. Like, you know, or I'm open. I don't get a pass. And then you just start the, the tension starts building up and you're thinking about points or you see, uh, I had some, um, some good slash bad examples of, uh, and this was the same uh, team, same year. We won a game, I think it was 8-1 or I think it was 7-1. I forget now. It's on my slides when I presented, but I haven't presented <laughs> that one in a while. This is the 7-1, I think. And I got no points. So not only I didn't get a point the first, but I'm getting mad. My teammates got seven goals and I'm in on none of them. And I'm a point and a half game player and I don't get a point and our team gets seven or whatever goal. So I'm like getting jealous of my teammates. So I didn't oh. say this out loud, but I said mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, they're not even that good. I'm like chirping my teammates in their head. How's that making me feel? 
I'm even more upset. <laughs> like it's yeah, just, wow. just fueling the fire in myself. Cassidy, how much, do I, how much do we owe you for this session? Because as you're talking, <laughs> as you're talking right now, no, case, case the point, Team yeah. Ontario, yeah. under 17, I played with yeah. a lot of future Hall of Famers, you know, played with and against on that team. Yeah. And, and it was a tough tournament and, 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 I didn't understand rules. I'm used to being the go-to guy. Yeah. You know, I didn't buy into, hey, you want me yeah. to be your cheerleader? Like, I'll, I'll cheer you guys on. Um, I wasn't yeah. wasn't wired like that, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> but but while 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 I'm there, we're, we're, it's hard to to get points. Yeah. So you look for any opportunity. You look at your schedule, and you're just like. Team Russia? Oh God, maybe I get a chef, maybe I don't. Yeah. You know, team, team USA, definitely not playing this game. Yeah. You know, team Slovakia, okay. Point to the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, because I played in I played in the East Coast and I loved mm-hmm. the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. But that year they were the weakest team in the tournament, Team Atlantic under 17. Mm-hmm. I think we beat them 11 nothing. Okay, Darcy Toplin was a teammate of mine in Belleville, uh, but he was on Team Atlantic, and he and he was their best player. And I love Darcy. And Darcy, if you watch this, I'm sorry, you stunk that tournament just like I did. <laughs> but everybody, I think even like our fifth and sixth defenseman had like two points, and I and and I didn't have and I, and I got a regular shift. I think Fuda even gave me power play time. Oh, just wow. like. Oh. Just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Carney, go. You know? Like I, see a, I see a burning a hole through the back of my head staring at me every time I throw Horton or Richards or Jeff Carter or Perry over. Like, here, here's your chance. You know? like, I even got power play time. And, and, and then after the game, I'm looking and I'm just like, wow, like Hastings? Like Ryan Hastings? Like, you got a goal and two assists? Like, you're my boy. I love you. You're the best. I'm just like, I'm like Anthony Stewart, two assists, Horton. I was like, you guys aren't even that good. If I got that offer, like, like just like yeah. you said, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you start chirping. Yeah. yeah. What a piece of shit I was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The craziest part so about though. No, I was yeah. gonna say the crazy part of that story is that you guys are up eleven nothing, still getting power plays. Like, what the hell? Like, what a what a jerk the ref is! Like, calling whoa, penalties. Whoa. Team Atlantic was pretty upset that they were getting getting run out. Still, you just run the clock, man. Like, jeez. Um, what I was gonna say though, um, so you know, at a young age, you're, you're you know having these experiences, you know, the self uh, doubt and you know, kind of chirping your teammates and having these, you know, kind of mental... <laughs> in in my know, head, in my head. Yeah, in, in your head. head. <laughs> but, like, having these kind of, like, you know, breakdowns in your head and stuff, um, you know, but now you're 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 the the mental coach you know you started your own company and you, you guys are doing amazing things like when did that start shifting for you because obviously you're you know still a young pup like 17 18 experiencing this but you know when did you start to decide like okay you know we're gonna go and to also, university and and also, also Cassie sorry to cut you off Brad, but also like oh, I'm the used culture to it. back <laughs> the culture back then <laughs> The culture back then was tough it out, kid. Yeah. Tough it out, kid. Exactly. So, so, so for you to, you know, decide then in those moments, based on what you shared with us, mm-hmm. that that's an area that you want to focus on, mm-hmm. that's kind of like trailblazing. For sure. At yeah. time, because yeah. there was, there was, there was no outlet for anybody to go to 
for yeah. the problems that you you were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, or, or anyone that we knew, and like there was no resources that. Yeah. Yeah, there was like hockey tough, I think was the, the, the main <laughs> one. And, uh, you know, and, and, and there wasn't much, it wasn't common and, and definitely one of the things, and they're still actually quite pervasive. Like people like just toughen it up, like forget about it. Don't worry about it. Just be confident. Like the mm-hmm. amount of, I've heard, I'm of different OHL coaches I've heard tell their players, just be confident. It's like, if it was that easy, then they would just do it. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> like that's not the answer. <laughs> like everyone would just be confident all the time. Cause I just flip a switch. Like it doesn't quite work. That's not the, the solution. That might be the result. That's mm-hmm. the mental state, the driver we want that we want the driver to be confident. How do we make sure they're consistently confident? What are the things they're doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me that, um, so I was very fortunate. I got, I worked with a mental performance coach myself, sports psychologist when I was 16, oh, because wow. I was, I broke my jaw actually my underage year and I was out for a bit. And I think when I came back is when I got one or as I was coming back, cause I was, I was starting to get in my own head in my underage year. Like I played in my hometown junior A and one of the things, uh, and I did a lot in my career, just like in some games, I'd often start off hot. I got like a hat trick my first game of my junior A career. Uh, uh, not in the regular season and preseason though, but like coming out flying, but then it did And and I got injured. And so when I came back, so she was uh, unreal. She, her main sport was actually tennis, but she worked with some NHL players and stuff, but, uh, um, and, and she was great. Like she gave me all kinds of tools and, and was very helpful and probably really helped me kind of get through my junior years with some of the strategies and stuff that I got from her. But nonetheless, like, she wasn't a hockey player. The, the, the journey of going through junior hockey is, a, is like, it's the ringer, right? Like it, it can really take a toll and like, you know, she, she never went through that. And, um, and the guidance through that as well. So it was helpful. I read tons of books. My, uh, my dad's obviously started doing other stuff. We had like this guy, John Demartini. Um, we did these uh, different camps where about, you know, mindset and, uh, warrior camp, like some weird stuff that I did. Okay. But so I was like, I'm learning from like all kinds of different areas. And then, you know, I started doing my undergrad at York. That's where I went after my junior days. Mm -hmm. And, um, I eventually ended up as here's a funny story. I started in psych. I was like, yeah, I want to get into sports psych. I'll get an undergrad in psych. I take psych 101. I'm like, this is terrible. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's not for me. So, so I'm like, nah. So I was like, okay, I'll switch to business. And I'm like, micro macroeconomics. Oh, I can't do it. Like, it's not for me. Like, so I end up in kin. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll become a medical doctor. I'm like, no, nah, my grades aren't high enough. And I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, sports psych's actually a thing. And Ken, I was like, came right back to sports psych where I started anyways. And um, so I kept learning. I kept, like, I was still playing, right? Playing mm-hmm. at York, uh, still working on my mental game. Uh, go uh, finish York, get to play two years at U of T, do my master's in sports psych, really focus on coaching and the psychology of coaching as well. But, you know, that's where I'm really starting to, you know, my last year of my undergrad going into my master's, like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this potentially as a career um, or something potentially in, in a career. So I did my master's and then from there I went and did my PhD back at York. And, and so, and this whole time I was always doing a little bit of like mental performance coaching along the way. Like even when I started my own first business, complete hockey training in North Bay, which was just a hockey school. We called it the complete hockey training because mm-hmm. we did 
fitness training in my basement at my house because <laughs> we come into my house into my basement and like because there was no hockey training in north bay a small town so we're like yeah we're gonna train some hockey players i need to get a summer job for my parents <laughs> so and i was like like we don't want to just train them like we want them to work on their skills and my buddy has a garage it's like you know five minute bike ride down the road <laughs> we bike to his garage and shoot pucks after we train so we got the skills we got the the, the dry land training and i'm like well i know some stuff about sports psych we'll give them some some strategies on this too it's complete hockey training so that was it was a big hockey school in a way and eventually we became more about on ice and we had camps eventually would be like two hours on the ice two hours in the gym and like two hours classroom sessions and it was it was actually a cool little thing we had going um, and then it was mostly just on ice and, and I, I've, uh, my buddy, Matt Marquardt runs it now. Um, I've just kind of passed it on to him because I just don't have the bandwidth to, to do that stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I've always been interested in it. It's kind of like, it slowly became more and more of a, of a, my main thing. And then obviously even through my PhD, it was hard for it to be my main thing. I, I worked with a bunch of the varsity teams at York while I was there. Um, which was cool and great experience. And I had some athletes I was still doing and starting to do workshops. But then I was like, I'm done my school now. Ooh, what am I going to do? Like, let's go. Like now, now I really started to tackle it. And uh, yeah, that's been kind of the experience. And the when's, it's just been kind of always, you know, coming along, becoming more um, apparent of the importance of it and the enjoyment I get out of it, right? Like, I, it's just like you guys, like we enjoy coaching, mm -hmm. right? And I just, you know, giving back, you know, serving with others, connecting with other people. And, you know, my, my strength is like, and even when I was a coach and this kind of alludes to something you were saying earlier, I'm um, as a coach, like, cause I was a head coach of a minor hockey team for six years mm -hmm. and nah, like X's and O's, like, <laughs> I'm like, nah, like it wasn't my strength. Yeah. So like, I was literally like the, like, but then what did I do bring in guys that were good at X's and O's and guys that like, you know, what do good coaches do and good team? Like they find other coaches that support them in their skill set mm -hmm. and they have the same visions and alignments. And, uh, and so that's, uh, and, and so this is kind of my best strength and where I've, you know, invested my life really into. And so that's how, uh, that's how I got here. And, and kind of the, when was that, that, that 16 year old year was a pivotal year. When uh, when I got my sports psychologist, I was like, "That's cool. I like what she does." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, back to that story Rain was telling you about that one time where he couldn't perform <laughs> at the Maple yeah. Leaf Gardens, and he blames it on a skate. Um, I like it. I like to call it the yips. And I wanted to ask you about the yips um, for yeah. people who aren't familiar with the yips. It's like something where a high level athlete who performs at you know the highest level whether it's baseball you're a gold glove champion all of a sudden one year you can't throw to first base or you know it happens in golf a lot where you know you're an amazing golfer you're hitting the ball 300 yards it comes down to a little three four foot putt and you miss every three four foot putt and you've been making them all your life you're you're a professional athlete <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is like have you worked with anybody who have had the yips? Because I, I feel like they're uncurable, but also <laughs> what is like, you know, kind of the difference between something like the yips and then like, you know, building mental toughness in an athlete? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. It's, it, it definitely relates. Um, good example recently in the U.S. Open that was just, you know, a week ago or whatever, Brendan DeChambeau just 
fell apart on the last nine holes. Like, right. yeah, I don't know if it's exactly classified as yips or not, but yeah. like shot like nine over. That's like me golfing. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was not, not, uh, not what you're looking for. So, um, and in terms of like, uh, uh, dealing with that, like, I think, you know, from a hockey standpoint, probably the, it's pretty common. It's, it's hard to get like, you know, the classification of it, but, like with goalies, letting in weak goals, mm-hmm. right? Like just completely like butchering um, a save. And it, it happens. Like it happens in the NHL every year in playoffs. Mm-hmm. A goalie it's like flurry just, playing the puck. He flurry kinda, playing the puck. Like right? there's just a yip there yip. or something, right? right? Like, there's a yip, right? So, uh, and he he made the catch error the, the other game. I don't know it was an overtime or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. so it, it happens. And, um, and then even and like with players, like I don't know if you've ever had it where it's like you're like receiving a pass. I remember my first year in the OHL and like the passing is like through the roof and you get reamed out if you didn't handle a pass, right? You screw up a pass. I got the yips around handling passes. I was like, I'm so worried about screwing up the pass. I couldn't receive a pass. Like, Absolutely. You know, I was like, you're holding your stick too tight. You're literally getting like so, or missing empty nets. Like players missing empty nets and stuff uh, mm-hmm. at times. So those are all kind of varying degrees of it. Um, yeah. And the the, the the they're all kind of linked back to like you have a huge expectation and result centered mindset and shoulds and a ton of tension probably a lot of negative self talk, on and when it's probably getting really bad it's because like then you're starting to believe like I can't do it anymore you start mm-hmm. like I can't do this and it's like I'm like I'm I'm, I'm doing it back to myself in the OHL I, ca- I can't receive passes anymore so now it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy is literally now you've got the case of the yips and so you know there's you know, if, if you're proactive and I'm big on proactive, like think of like, uh, do I want to work with somebody that they want to start working on their mental game before the season starts, be proactive. Um, or do I want to work with them as shit's hitting the fan mid season and they're yeah. spiraling downwards <laughs> and I'm trying to pull them out of the river when they're already, you know, f- you know, 50 feet deep and whatever, or do I going to be like, Hey, don't go into the river and stop <laughs> them upstream, um, is a lot better tactic. Right. So, yeah. um, and so, you know, and then in terms of tying that into the yips, like if you're proactive, you're probably going to limit that kind of yippy thing. And like, I'll use Flurry as an example. I think he's a, a pretty good one. Like he's going to make yippy type mistakes, but it doesn't mean he's going to get a big case of the yips and, and spiral because generally that guy's got a great demeanor For and sure. mindset. Like he's one of the best, right? Like so loose, having fun, flowing. Like he's, he's one of the all-time greats now. He's, he's rising the ranks there. So mm-hmm. um, uh, as a goalie and, you know, his demeanor is huge. Like I remember – one of my favorite cool flurry stories is like him doing cartwheels in the dressing room, full equipment. Like, don't do that at home, kids. Like, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, he's like, he's that level of like loose goose fun. Like, it's funs. It, he doesn't lose sight of the fun, generally speaking. But if you do and you get caught up in tension, you can make crazy simple mistakes. Like, it happens. Guys miss empty nets all the time. Goalies consistently misplay pucks every. You know, Braden Holtby the year they won the Stanley Cup in Washington. Like pizza up the middle in like game three of the Stanley cup finals, like almost cost them that game. And then they, they stay composed. No big deal. Mistakes happen Win that game, win the series. Mm-hmm. So um, it's uh, you know, in terms of kind of like the antidote to deal with that is just working on your mindset, getting perspective, you know, that, you know, we make mistakes, you're, you're getting caught up in your own head. And that's, and one of the funny ones we usually get into in the mental side of the game at some point is like, they get, um, they're thinking about that they're thinking. And it's like, you know, they're beating themselves up, you know, because their mental game is not good enough. And like, one of the big things about your mental game is don't beat yourself up and like overly beat yourself up. Like <laughs> you can be hard on yourself, but not too hard. Like you want to have an accurate self-image. This is what I could do better at. 
for sure own that, but like, this is still who I am and what I do well, mm -hmm. don't lose perspective. And, um, and so if it's like, well, no, nah, I'm going to beat myself up for this. I suck. And then, and especially if you're doing that about your mental, oh, my mental game sucks. <laughs> it's like, you're really going to downwards. Wow. Right. <laughs> and sometimes that's this kind of a phase athletes will go through is because they start working on the mental game and they're like, well, now I need my mental game to be perfect. I was like, well, we just pretty much taught you that like you're human. It's going to be hard to be perfect all the time, <laughs> but now you think you should be perfect. Like, and then they're going to get in their own head about the mental game. So um you know in short uh, that's how i'd answer that yips thing but yeah. uh it's yeah it is it is a thing like mm, sure. <laughs> it happens like, like we've seen over the years like some players bounce back but then there's yeah. some who have never like they've yeah. they're just done like yeah. i think in golf uh, another example was uh duval like at one yeah. point he was like tiger woods and duval like they were just back and forth and then all of a sudden he just forgot how to swing a club and it was so bad like everyone was like what happened to this guy he like won a british open like and it was just done like he never came back from it like he yeah. stepped away from the game he's done like, chuck <laughs> knoblock was like a gold glover and he yeah. couldn't throw to first base for the yankees yeah. and like it's just funny how you know what kind of resonated with me from what you said is kind of getting it before they go into the river and start drowning yeah. it's like yeah. nipping nipping it in the bud you know Come, come see Cassidy on your first error to first base <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than, you know, the hundredth <laughs> yeah. time that you yeah. missed your first baseman, you know? Yeah. It's a lot harder than. <laughs> exactly, and it's a lot harder yeah. than. And yeah. I was going to ask you too, so like people you work with, like um, your program, uh, the cons Consistent Elite Performance Program, um, do you guys, like your sessions, you do sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions with them, how is it like everlasting like do you do you guys have you know your your kind of conversations and then you're like all right i've i've led you to the water you know here's yeah. your time to drink i'm gonna go now or do they come back to you as like all right Cass, it happened again man like help me <laughs> like i'm puking again you know yeah. like what's going on like you know yeah, how does so that work kind of so I, i'd say it's both because on one side, first and foremost, ideally, like it's like we want to teach them how to fish, right? So they can do it on their own. Yeah. Like we don't want them to be like, oh, I need them to be dependent on me. That's it's not gonna work. You can't call me mid-game. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> cell phone on the bench. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't have that much time. I don't have that much you know, cell phone uh, bandwidth here. But um, but so they need to be able to be able to do it on their own. They want to be able to take mm -hmm. ownership of the concepts. So and you know we can usually get that and then it's building up the habit though too because i could teach somebody something a month two months it's mm -hmm. like hey they're getting pretty good results they're, they're they're understanding but then if we stop at two months where will they be three months later might be back at square one right yes. so because the habits haven't really stuck they just got the concepts just like when you're teaching any other skill mm -hmm. right and you're working on anything else it's like yeah you get, get some going and then like you gotta keep doing it so yeah we'll often do people will be like six months as a, as a common good starting point okay and and yeah we, and i've had people like yeah they're good they take it and uh you know reach out again if you ever want to tune up or, or check in and we also have now a group program uh that supports us like the cp high performance circle and uh, and we got lots of people in that and people will do both one-on-one -on -one in that and the, a lot of times the point of that is because after that six months or a year or whatever or they're, they're going they got a good concept of their mindset mm -hmm. well they still want to, to keep it sharp Right? they still want a little bit of touch points and coaching they don't want it to slip mm -hmm. and they want to stay in touch and 
you know, and we're always adding some new things and refining and, and, and just being a resource for people to, you know, give them that support. So that's a really good option. That a lot of people are doing now too, after, you know, their first program or they're doing it as a package right off the, off the get-go. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and some people are just like, no, they want that one-on-one. -on -one. They really like the one-on-one -on -one support. Eh, I'll just keep going. This worked. Why stop? I got a, a bunch of people mm -hmm. are like, yeah, this worked for me. Why would I stop doing it now? <laughs> like, sure. I mean, like you're a professional athlete and it's working for you. Got you there. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to stop. Like, it's like, what? Like, like, okay. Like to see how that works out for you. So, um, you know, but it's, you know, everybody's in their own unique situation and whether they're, you know, where they're at and the demands. And that's why that, you know, group coaching kind of option becomes mm -hmm. good because one of my issues around minor hockey is so expensive. Right. For sure. And like, I don't want to be another expense for everybody. It's like, yeah. oh, like, are you kidding me? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but the, um, so that's so like, we try to give more affordable, but I have to make a career and a living. I just like, just jolly out of my heart, just work for free forever. For and sure. I can't, can't put food on the table. <laughs> sure. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a fair exchange and a balance, but it's, and that's why we've created a business around it versus it just be a one man show mm -hmm. and why we've created group stuff. So, um, yeah, the, the answer is, yeah, we would want them to be able to go off on their own and not ever have to come back to us again. And, you know, some people do that, but some, you know, depending on where they're at, and where they're going, stay connected in either the group or one-on-one. -on -one. So, Definitely. but, and, and think of it this way too, as I alluded to not long ago, it's a journey. It's not like, oh yeah, you get there and then it just stays. Um, there's going to be dips. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's no, it's not like it's going to become perfect. Oh, my mental game is perfect now. Mm -hmm. Show me like whose mental game is perfect. Like all the time. Like, like there, there's little mistakes. We get in their own head a little bit. Uh, Derek, I think it was Derek Jeter said he wanted to play just one game in one season completely in the moment. That's like, that's what he's like a hundred percent of that game. The driver's dialed in, right? Like his mm -hmm. mindset's dialed in just one time like a perfect like and he knew he probably wasn't going to get one game 100 percent dialed in right but like mm -hmm. that's what he was striving for wow. and so then you know so as an athlete like we, that's where we want them to get up into this realm of like 95 percent of the time like they're dialed in they're in the right mental game and like they're gonna have little dips then they can pull themselves right back up right and rate it back into the game um and into the zone and so then as, as an athlete, like sometimes you might have a dip down to 90, but let's like prevent the dips to the sixties and the forties and like, you know, and then game after game and like multiple games and like they're, they're in their own head and, and not performing consistently. So that's, um, and that's why, again, like if you do the program, it helps. And then, but like, if you stay connected, then it really helps keep it from dipping much and it keeps it extra sharp. And one of the big things that ties into that is like, think of the way our society is programmed, which is so result centered, so judgmental, um, and so comparison focused. And it's doing all these things that are literally like the opposite of what I'm teaching. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. and the opposite of a growth mindset, the opposite of the mindset that's going to help you get the most out of your driver. And, you know, if your job is to be a TSN analyst and to judge things and, you know, predict results all the time and talk about that, that's great. But like, if your job is to be an elite athlete, that's not what's going to help you perform well is thinking about results and comparison and looking at stats all the time, which is our cultural norm. Yeah. And that is hurting athletes. Like you can't even imagine. And, um, and so you're seeing it all the time. And then coaches are literally just echoing the same stuff. <laughs> it's just like, and parents are echoing it. Um, you know, one of the upcoming programs, one of the lines is just like, your know, parents are usually saying the exactly the wrong thing and they're hurting usually unintentionally, but yeah. <laughs> they're like, you know, and same for coaches in a way too, right? Like, it's just like, 
we say things and like even when I was coaching, like I said things that's like, ooh, uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> looking back at it now, and it's like, yeah, you just don't like you're just coaching the way you th you're doing your best and with the mm -hmm. tools that you have, and, uh, and that kind of ties into the coach education we talked about. It's like, where's this these soft skills that we can really teach, and probably the most important skills um, to be teaching coaches and teaching the athletes and teaching parents, uh, and it's often pretty overlooked. So. For sure. You were saying teaching coaches and Rain yeah. and I were actually laughing because, you know, Ontario just went into stage two. So now we're allowed to have players on the ice and Rain owns uh, his, his, his hockey school and mentorship, uh, own aces program. And he's now dealing with phone calls and bills and and we're like okay this is actually a great episode <laughs> if you if you were a hamster in my brain right now Cassidy, like, i'm running everywhere and anywhere right yeah. it is chaotic yeah. every time b love gives me a phone call i always tell him that i'll call him back in five minutes and he calls me back two hours later saying what's the five minutes and then i tell him give me another five and then the same process happens over and over again. And I'm just like, yeah. my phone's ringing. And it's just, I like the mental capacity, the bandwidth that I have right now is completely lacking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was actually quite excited to yeah. have a mentalist, a mental coach yeah. on our show to yeah. help me cope with the anxiety that I yeah. have. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I know that I'm laughing, I'm smiling right now, but it's yeah. really true. Like it was, it's, oh, yeah. it's been impacting. Uh, my relationship with my wife, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a little bit more edgy. Uh, I'm not as communicative. I, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm just off. I feel off. Yeah. And, 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 it, and, and I, and I told Britain like, like, like it's overwhelming. Like, oh, it, yeah. it, like, like everything happening at the same time. And, and yes, I had a lot of time off and, you know, yeah. what else did you expect? And I'm not, you know, I'm so thankful for, you know, the interest in the program and everything that we're doing. That's not all it, but if I'm being real, like I didn't go to school to be administrator, right? Yeah, so yeah. like trying to do all this yeah. and and be father and be husband and be brother and be son and be yeah. and friend. Co-host. Co-host. <laughs> He's not even in studio. Like this guy's just having a, a day. Because I said like guys, I'm back and forth all over the place. Like I'm done. I told them like my mental health is just I needed to be home today. Yeah. And and and, and like it's just it's it's so yeah. so exciting that there's people like you yeah. that can help provide preventative measures, but also coping measures, yeah, uh, and, and 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 recovery measures to help get them back to where they need to be mentally. Because ultimately, I believe that without you know your faculties about you, you know you yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. So 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 I'm so thankful for, <laughs> for for what you do. No, seriously, I really appreciate yeah. you. Uh, being a leader in this space and sharing your knowledge, a lot of people are closed-minded and don't like to share yeah. uh, what they got. They like to keep it to themselves. We live in, like you said, self-gratification uh, yeah. region right now, unfortunately. And, yeah. and and we need to be more collaborative. We need to, to help each other uh, get through. It takes a village. And yeah. I'm so thankful that, that we had this opportunity to, to finally connect since you stood me up on our first <laughs> 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 I, I was just I was just really, uh, you know, 
uh, late. <laughs> yeah. um, you're just, but you're just not I got that there. Into me, that's all. You're just not that into it. We're like the 10, <laughs> 10 things. What's that? That, that uh, movie? 10, so 10, 10 ways to lose a guy or something. 10 ways to lose a guy. You're just not into you. Or how do you know you yeah. don't know? Yeah. Um, but so, to, to Rain's point, though, like we're going through such a unique time, you know? Yeah. And I think like mental health is just like, you know, everybody needs a little bit of support wherever they could get it and yeah. you know for for you right now i guess you know you start what what did your program start when when about three years now have you been? yeah so th three and a half since i've finished school so and um it was so obviously like, slow for the first little bit and then it picked up uh year two obviously yeah really kind of snowball and then year three was pandemic so like it's been a weird year for me too for and sure. uh um you know i we were pretty fortunate that a lot of what we can do um, can be done online. So like didn't really stop business, but like a lot of athletes come to us more for the performance side than like the enjoyment well-being side. Mm -hmm. So I was like, a lot of people just like, nah, I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like well, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, uh, pivot here. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. So, but, but then like, we've had a lot of athletes still want it because like they're stressed, right? Like just for like, sure. you know, we're stressed as adults. Like the athletes have like, what a tough year for them. Like mm -hmm. that's their, like they're like what they really enjoy doing their main, most enjoyable yeah, thing. It's like, right just ripped out from under them like so it, it has grown in that sense and so mm -hmm. you know being able to we've done all kinds of different online things that have helped that way and and have grown and that and i've pivoted and done more of the coaching side mm -hmm. um spending more time and, and so things that have kind of really paid off and so you know we're uh, a couple a couple things to the ties into rain's point as well is like this year first from an athlete standpoint in august we're doing uh we're going to do another kind of like low level free entry kind of ticket, um, like five day mental toughness challenge thing, like prepping people about the mental side of the game to help them come back to sport, to that return of sport. So it'll be like a five day thing for athletes in the nights in, in August. So that'll, that'll be a big thing um, that we'll do. Awesome. And, you know, and it's just like, cause it's a, such a big part of the game and uh, people are really starting to yeah, address it. Just, yeah, what's that? yeah, yeah, part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah, so lost, go. yeah. We <laughs> were so lost that we uh, decided to start talking to people and having a podcast because exactly. we can't go on right. the ice. Rain can't, yeah. you know, fulfill his duties as you know. Yeah. Not, he's a new, brand new head coach. He just got yeah. a uh, a job with the 08 Nats, and yeah. like, what a weird time for yeah. for Rain. And like you said, yeah. the the athletes as well, like. We're, uh, Tom Carnavalli, who you mentioned earlier, yeah. who, yeah. you know, uh, um, our mutual friend that we've, you know, kind of known forever in the hockey world. Yeah. We just took over a team that, uh, you know, they're going to be getting drafted to the to junior level. They're yeah. the 06 team. They're the minor yeah. midget team. And yeah. like, what a just a, a bizarre, a weird time. like weird, yeah. you know, and everyone's itching for ice. And and oh. not only that, though, what, what kind of is, you know, going back to like finances and stuff, you know, not yeah. only like we got to make a living, everyone's got to kind of make a living, but yeah. now everything's inflated for the parents. Like oh, yeah. ice time went from, you know, 25 an hour to yeah. 85 an hour and it's yeah, just like yeah. everybody's kind of losing <laughs> right now yeah and yeah, it's a it's a wild west it's a yeah. wild west absolutely and, and you got to take care of it and then and like to, to rain's point the coaches and parents listening it's like you got to take care of your own you know well-being and mindset and uh one of the analogies 
another race car one, apparently they're the best ones I like <laughs> is, um, you know, sometimes you got to slow down to speed up mm. and you got to, where's your pit stops? Like, you know, you can't just go full bore all the time. You got to yeah. say, no, what are your boundaries? Um, and cause if you don't, you're going to burn out, right. Mm. You're going to and like in our hustle bustle thing and, um, and culture and just like give, 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 give. And like, what about receive and take care of yourself? So, um, you know, what, are, what are your pit stops during the day? What are your, like, what about going around a corner? You don't just go full speed. You gotta slow down so you can speed up and ramp up around a corner. And so it's like finding those ebbs and flows and scheduling and uh, learning like to turn your phone off at times. Don't take press call. I'm like, you know, so um, just joking there, but yeah, um, <laughs> maybe take it. <laughs> I think I think he's got. I'll call you back in five, Reen Carnegie. Right, so like those are kind of like strategies. Just thinking about that, and a, and a good example. Um, that that's a good one for that too. Cause I'm doing a lot of more executive coaching cause how to pivot there was a little less athlete coaching, uh, but doing more business and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, really applies to, to this mindset when you're in this week, especially this new work, work from home kind of stuff is, um, the, the race to the South pole. And the short of the story is there's like two, like it was hard to get there. You got a sled dog and these teams are going and there's two teams and one team had limits. They would only go so far every day, the minimum and the max is like, no matter the day we're going here and we're never going past this amount of distance. And so there was really like clear structured and, and not chaotic. And the other team's like, Oh, nice day. We're going as far as we can. Oh, bad day. Let's not go. And it was like inconsistent and chaotic. And there wasn't like uh, a structure to it. And what happened, the team with the, the limits that didn't go super far each day, got there first by 37 days and they get back all good. So that winning team, but the other weird fact and sad fact in a way, the other team, they got there, but then a bunch of them died on the way home. Like they don't even make it back. Like, cause the stress, the inconsistency, the, the mindset, um, of that factor of not having limits and thinking, um, like just go fast all the time and, and go, 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 and not reflecting on what's actually best for you and your team, et cetera, um, uh, matters. And, uh, you, you know, you try to be every, you know, it's like the, the airplane, like, what do they, what do they say? Put your own mask on first. <laughs> you can't help other people. You pass out. Like, so, um, it's, it's so important to, you know, taking care of yourself is helping you take care of other people. And, Absolutely. uh, it's the, you know, those, those things. And then, so finding what it is for you and then creating your own, you know, speed ramps and your pit stops that work for you, uh, matter like simple things, especially in, like, and I did a, we did a thing in March. Cause I, I was feeling for the athletes when it just got officially shut down, mm -hmm. right? Like whole, like delay, delay of the year. And then like ripped, it's gone. Like, it's like, Oh, and we're going in like, uh, when March was coming, I was like, Oh boy. So we did a thing in March and one of the, the biggest lessons and things that we were sharing for, it was like a, a, a month long, like 30 day motivation kind of thing. But one of the biggest lessons uh, and a good lesson for everybody through this pandemic is like, it, you can come out stronger from it. Mm -hmm. But, and one of the things is like, what can we do? What can we be grateful for? And we get so caught up in sometimes what we can't do, um, you know, what isn't going our way. And think of it this way. Like, imagine I told you to start your day with like, list 10 things that suck. List 10 things that are shitty about your life and your day and what's happening. You're like, I can't do this today. This is stupid. I hate this. Like, how is your day going to go? Like, how's it going to go? You think it's like, you're going to find everything else that's shitty that pops up. And when some other kind of problem pops up, what are you going to do? Oh, shitty thing. You're not, not going to deal with it very well. Mm -hmm. Right. You're just going to be in this not great mindset the whole day. 
Um, and most people that just wake up is like, let's see how it goes. So hopefully it goes well. If it doesn't, I get thrown off. But yeah. what if you start your day with like on the right foot? It's like, okay, what do I get to do today? What am I grateful for? What am I looking forward to today? Like, who do, how do I want to show up today? And like, you, you start looking for, you see these things and you're setting your intentions and your mindset. And, and I'm big on not being like super positive. I don't want people to be super positive. That's actually a, a big faulty belief that, you know, causes people to get elated and deflated. It's not about being super positive to start your day. It's about seeing what you can do. You get to do a healthy perspective, um, see it for what it is. Because sometimes you're in a shitty situation. Like Rain's in a tough situation right now. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, hey, Rain, just be positive about it. Like, just be positive all the time. Oh, it's like, screw you, man. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, that's not going to work because it's yeah. not true. So it's like, hey, Rain, like, what can you do? What do you get to do, mm -hmm. right? Like, what, do you, what are you appreciating about your situation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then what, what you know, the other side of that, as I mentioned, we have maybe set some slow down points some structured points and uh, some boundaries, but like, and then even for athletes, like you start your game, what do we get to do today? What do I want? Like, um, and athletes that are, have been struggling with the motivation, haven't got to play. It's like, what do I get to do? And that's the athletes that have been doing this. They're staying more motivated. The people that are doing this to stay more positive or, or um, I don't like to say more positive, but they have a better attitude. Right. And they're the way they deal with adversity. How do you go throughout your day now? It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, see another thing that's going my way. It's like, and that's a law of attraction concept, but it's, it's not like just be positive. You also have to take action and it's not like just be super positive. It's have a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're in that kind of a state, things just go better. And when adversity comes up, cause you can't avoid adversity, but when it comes up, you're going to deal with it better. Mm -hmm. And that's so crucial. And those are the guys that then go back to the yips thing. <laughs> Those guys were not proactive. Um, they had a fixed mindset, right? And a lot of elite athletes develop fixed mindsets. They get praised for being good, 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 good. You know, you're doing this good. That's bad. That's good. Like we're judging things. It's either good or bad. It's fixed. You're good. And so therefore, as soon as like, oh, that was bad. Well, now I'm bad. And they're like, don't know how to deal with it. And it's, it's this judgment and they're fixed now. And they were good and now they're bad. And it's like, oh, like fall apart and their self-image, their self-worth, the mindset that they're in, none of it is supporting optimal growth and optimal performance and the enjoyment of it. Like, let's not forget the, the overall enjoyment is so key. I have a, a really good lesson teaching a bunch of athletes this week is just like, um, and this is a common misbelief, like what's, what's so, um, what makes uh, sport uh, fun? It's like winning. Oh yeah, winning makes sport fun. Does it though? Right, like think about that. Does it? And um, obviously, in some ways, like winning's fun. Like <laughs> I'm not an idiot, but the uh, but watch this. Like, what if um, as an athlete you go out and you know, let's say we're a midget team, right, a minor midget team or whatever, and you go out and you go play a OHL team and you lose, would it be like? But it was a tight game and you battled. Versus as a minor midget team, you go out and play a house league peewee team and you crush them. Which game was more fun? The game you lost to a better team or the game you won to a shitty team? Right. The answer is obvious. Yeah. So if the answer is obvious, it's the OHL team that you lost, then winning's not what makes sport fun. So like, it just defeats the logic right there. Because, and, and so then what is fun? It's the experience. It's the challenge. It's like why you, it's like why we love going to play on the outdoor rink or like just playing pickup or, or whatever it is. It's the game. And so when you enjoy it and you get connected with your intrinsic values, what a shift in mindset, right? And you know why you're doing things and, and, and the why is not the result. 
Mm -hmm. right? That's, and, and know actually the why, the intrinsic why. A good example of that is like, um, okay, I got to train, I got to train. Well, why do you got to train? To get results and points and win. Wrong. That might be the goal. That might be the intention. That might be the result that you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. Why you're doing this? Because you love the game and the experience and the growth, the challenge, the connections to serve these intrinsic things. Mm -hmm. And by golly, do we lose sight of that? And then what, what downward spirals do we get? Because we're so focused on results. We're not having fun. And when you're not having fun, you're tense. And then everything just gets a lot worse, right? How can we get back and start in this mindset that's grateful, that's connected to our why, the love of the game, uh, and then snowballs in an upward spiral and it makes you way more consistent. So those are kind of the, the things that we teach, some, some key points, and it ties into kind of what you're bringing up there, Rain. So you, know, you can start, what are the things that you enjoy? Like get back to that like and, and the why. Right. I'll give one more example because this is fun stuff, but the um, <laughs> Bretonian, I could just go on rant, so I will. Yeah, yeah, go for it. This is the best session that I've had. I haven't heard Rain not say a word for this long. Like, so you're, <laughs> you're saying like I'm very captivating stuff yeah. to him right now. <laughs> so um, a really cool story about like an intrinsic, extrinsic motivation and our why a uh, bunch of kids want to go play football and they find this old lady's backyard and it's got two flower beds at the, at each end. So it was a touchdown. So they love throwing the football and they catch it in the flower beds, just ruining the lady's backyard. Right. <laughs> but the boys are having fun, right? They're catching it. They're get, just enjoying playing. So the lady's like, okay, how am I going to get them? They're, like if I ask them, they're just going to keep playing. She goes, I'm going to start paying them. I'll pay them a dollar each to come and play. So the boys are like sick. Not only we get to play football, catch it. We're also going to get paid. And so they're like, all right, all right. They keep coming, they keep getting paid. Then they start getting paid less. And then they get paid less. And then they're like down to a dime and then nickel. And they're like, screw this, we're not playing anymore. We're not getting paid enough. <laughs> it became about the money. It became about the result. And that happens to athletes on the regular with our very result-oriented thing, especially as they make the jump to junior. It comes about the points if we get to the next level. It becomes about eventually becoming pro, making money. Like you see it happen with athletes in professional contract years and after and, or before. And they lose sight of their why and their fun and the love of the game and they experience their intrinsic why in the first place. And the athletes that can stay connected to that, the people that stay connected to that, you know, generally are going to stay in healthier mindsets, perform better, be more consistent, keep growing. And uh, it's, it's flipping things on its head, which is our general sport culture is talking the other way, but just got to win. It's about running. It's about results. Like, it's like, <laughs> yes, it is. It's important. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but like, it's, it's the goal and uh, it's not the why. So, uh, anyway, so those, those are some big ones I'd throw, throw you guys away. That's a smart <laughs> lady though. I'll give her that. that yeah, was... yeah, she was. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> sneaky, smart. <laughs> uh, man, Cassidy, thanks like so much. We, we could catch you at uh, consistenteliteperformance.com. Cassidy is the, the co-founder, or sorry, founder and high performance coach there. Obviously, all the lessons he's been giving us today. Um, but also, we're not just done yet. Um, Cassidy, we have a segment called Penalty or Part of the Game. It's kind of like cut or uncut. And we throw out a topic, and you let us know if you think it's part of the game or if you think it's a penalty. Do we have you for about 10 more minutes for that segment? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That sounds fun. <laughs> awesome. So this week's penalty or part of the game. What? Because I'm not, because I'm not in studio, we don't do it how we normally do it. Penalty or part of the game. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so we're here with Dr. Cassidy Preston. Um, we thought this would be an amazing topic for what, you know, Cassidy's doing right now and everything he's a part of. Uh, our topic for penalty or part of the game is parent coaches. <laughs> this is, I thought, like, honestly, we've had some good ones. I'm not going to lie. We've had answering the bell with George Rock. We've had enforcers with Mike Fuda. You know, we had the lacrosse goal with Rob Shrimp. But this one just fits so nicely. Wouldn't you say, Carnegie? I had to wet my whistle for this one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, parent coaches. Like, you know, we've all probably grown up on a team with a parent coach, you know, where the kid, you know, sometimes they're great players, but sometimes they're not. And they're still getting that power play time that Rain was fighting for in uh, the All-Ontario tournament. But, you know, like, I don't know. What do you guys think? I guess let's, um, I want to start with Cassidy because, you know, I think, he might knock this out of the park and Rain and I might not have to say anything after, but <laughs> you know, Rain is also kind of a parent coach right now, or sorry, you are a parent coach cause your son's getting into hockey and you know, we're all parents now. Um, what do you think and I've about realized, I've, I've, And I've realized early that maybe I'm not the best parent coach. All right, so do you want to go first, Rain? Or? Uh, okay, I'll go first. Because, <laughs> okay. Because, because I, have, I have a couple, just like I always do, I'm sorry. I have an argument, I think, for both sides. Okay, yeah, you're so, always wishy-washy. I like it. Because I'm in the unique, you know, lane or, 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 or race, if we're using car terms. Yeah, I'm in both races. I'm, I, I have my son. He only trains with me right now. Uh, there hasn't been a season. Um, and, and, I, and I'm fortunate that I have a hockey background that allows me the opportunity in this unique year to make sure that my son was getting effective training. Not a lot of families uh, have the ability to have a parent or somebody close to them, especially when it was, you know, same household was the only way that you can get skates. Um, there's not a lot of people in the same household typically that, that, have the same background that that I fortunately have. That said, I realized and I talked with Britton about this probably about a month and a half a month and a half ago that my son and I were doing semi-private or, or private sessions, just the two of us, and and I was results driven and not why am I out here with my son having fun? Like why am I what am I, what, what are my expectations? And I was hard on him. And, and if he, if he missed the pass or he missed the net, uh, I became one of those parents. I, 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 I it pains me. Like I, I cried about it. Um, because I always said that I wasn't going to be that guy. And, and, uh, I made my son cry on more than one occasion on the ice. Not that like I was yelling and like, I, he, he knows that I demand a lot out of him. And I think that the pressure that I sometimes have put on him in the past, and I'm trying to be better within the last month and a half, especially mm -hmm. I'm pretty good with like everything outside of hockey, like school, all that stuff. Like 
beer guy. I leave, I leave my, like, I'm not that guy. Like you ask anybody, I'm not that guy, but for whatever reason, hockey, mm -hmm. was just like, ah, you know? Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I was just like, holy shit. My son hasn't, he's only just started playing hockey. He hasn't been around and he hasn't had the hockey experience. He hasn't played mini six with his friends. He hasn't done anything. So how can I expect him to have this great joy for hockey when he's never experienced hockey? He's just started. So then I started to think, okay, one, I'm never coaching my son. I don't care if I'm the most, I, if I think I'm the best coach there and like I'm the only one that has experience, like I'm never coaching my son. Um, unless, because I do think that there are cases in which you have a really good coach who's able to separate because he has a really good relationship with his son, they're both able to separate the difference between coach of the sports team mm -hmm. and father away from the sports team. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to cultivate that. If I'm being honest with my son, like here I am coach, I'm fair, I'm honest. These are my expectations, but I'm trying to change the mindset around what my expectations are, which is why I've adopted for our team, what I call the WAF system, W-A-F-F, work ethic, positive attitude, focus, and fun. And you, ha you, can't, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And fun needs to be incorporated with the work ethic, needs to be incorporated with the attitude, needs to be focused and, and, and incorporated with the focus. So that's what I'm trying to preach now is mm -hmm. everything that we do when you can, and I have a tattoo on my body, easy when you want to, hard when you have to. Mm -hmm. When you want to do something, when you want to get a good score on your test, you do everything that you can in your power to do, to, to study and to, to ask questions and to get the literature, the resources. But when you have to do that test and you're just like, mm -hmm. I got a date, you know, I want to go, I want to go out to the mall. I want to go shopping. I want to, you know, like, but when you want to get that good grade, isn't it easier mm -hmm. than when you have to? in everything in life. So like changing the, the mentality and the expectation of what uh, my ultimate goals were. When I, once I realized what my ultimate goal was, was is my, my goal for my son in hockey is to enjoy the sport like I did. I love the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. and, and, and my mom was very supportive and I didn't have an overbearing parent that was give, riding me like I was up, I was down. Like my mom was very good to me. A little too good. I think I, I, like, you know, I think I, w I wish I would have had some testosterone that could have you know, yeah. knocked me down, you know, a peg or two at times, not at times, quite often, <laughs> but, but I didn't. And, and, and so, so I, I say that in saying, I think you have to understand the relationship and the dynamic of, of, of the family uh, to see if they can coexist. But I learned quite honestly, like at home, my dad thinks I'm the best dad in the, in the world. I'm sure if I wasn't around and you asked him who's the best coach, he might not say me. <laughs> now he might, now, now I hope he would say me, but talk to him a month and a half, two and a half months ago, he would say, hey, Cassidy, you got any ice time? Like, <laughs> are you hiring? You know? Uh, so, so for so me. Part of the game, if you, if it, you know, you the, have to, of, but part, penalty. Part the, but, but also the financial aspect of it. Yeah. The economics of it. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot, I was talking to a family today, I cannot do what, what I'm asking these families to do for my program. Mm -hmm. So if my son does develop the skills that get him the opportunities to compete at the, the highest levels, 
financially, that would become a stressor on our lives right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. But I can offset that by offering my experience. True. So, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of families that are in situations like that that mm -hmm. I know of personally that, that utilize their, their education in the field of sports to offset the high exuberant costs yeah. that are in there. Uh, and, and, and hopefully they have that relationship I'm talking about with their son, daughter, or other For sure. that allows them to separate coach and parent. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that's, that's so part of the yeah. game. But I think you're in the wrong business. If you're like I was a month and a half ago, and like I'm not the guy, like my son would have had to have been a, like, he wasn't going to get special treatment. I was that, that dad that like my son had to really earn it, you know? So like no parent was going to be like, Hey, you're playing miles like all game and he's terrible. They're going to be like, why isn't miles play? He scored two goals. He needs to get his hat trick. Cause he's, he's playing like shit. You know, <laughs> he turns in, turn the puck over at the blue line. You know? It still <laughs> sounds like you're not ready ever. So I, we're going to call it a penalty right there. Cause like now you're not playing him and he's actually not having a bad game. Like, come on, you're still not ready <laughs> to be that, a parent but coach. Like, like that, but like that, and that is the pressure that I, that I, that I've recognized yeah, that, for sure. my kid, that I feel my kids sometimes feel mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. not the reality in which I want them to live. Of I course. Want them to yeah. That their dad loves them. They can do whatever they want. Good things happen to good people. Yeah. But I, I also pride myself in the fact that I have that um, respect for my kids that they want to please me. Mm -hmm. they don't have to i don't care what they do at the end of the day like there's lots of families that i know that best parents in my mind like i wish they were my parents and like their kids are terrible yeah um, so like <laughs> as, as 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 great as i feel my wife and i are doing i'm not naive to, to ever deny the the fact that no matter what i do my kids might not be what i hope they can become for sure parenting too obviously to you comes first and then be a better hockey player, bad <laughs> parent coach comes after. Well, I'm also like, oh, if he's not that good, like, okay, yeah. the financial side, right? It's just like. Well, I was going to say, financial, financially, you're in the wrong business. With answers like that, you should be in the car washing business. So wishy-washy, all right? <laughs> no, man. No, honestly, though, like, it all jokes aside, you're, you're told, you hit some yeah. def definite truths there which uh, are definitely heartfelt. Um, Cassidy, we'll go to you. What, uh, what do you think about uh, parent coaches? I think I'll echo a lot of the same points, you know, and, and anytime you give someone black or white answer, <laughs> the, the, the answer's in the middle. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Generally speaking, not So always. he's opening a car wash too, I guess. Yeah, I'll open a car wash. I always say I'm Switzerland. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't stand on any ground. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, no, so, but I would generally, like, this is the way I would frame it. I got some uh, good points there. Rain was teaming up to, you know, mull on my answer. I would say it's part of the game is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I think there's a ton of penalties and infractions going on all over the place. So yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, so, and one of the biggest, so we'll start with the penalties then first. Um, I think part of the game, like it's, it's you're not like, I'll actually phrase that. You, you can't stop, you can't prevent it. Like how are you just gonna take parents out? Like what if you're a house league coach? Like 
who's who are you, who are you gonna get a volunteer non-parent house league coach like like um there's gonna constantly be some level of coaching in the car ride home like it's what's the difference between coaching and parenting they're very similar. <laughs> They're guiding people along the journey of life. And then coaching just takes more of us focus on the sport. But as a coach, I'm a coach, um, mental skills coach, guiding people is life skills is what I'm really teaching people, which is what parents also teach them and hockey coaches and other people teach them in other ways. So we're all just guiding people um, and being resources and a sounding board. And then so but that's how we're guiding and parenting. Uh, my kids are pretty young still, but I understand not easy, <laughs> not easy to guide as the kids get older and older. I got a two and a half year old, not easy to guide her sometimes. <laughs> Lose cannon. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I'm like, not sure how to contain this. <laughs> but uh, so I think it's it's just not like, the, so again, they're going to coach on the car ride home to some degree and they, they need to. And like, and to Rain's point, like with your mom, like, but they need to do it in the effective ways. And a lot of them go offside, um, take the penalty and overbearing coach, even that they're not even like registered coach. They're just coaching on the car right home. And like, you know, I've seen parents in the, in the parking lot, like they're screaming out at the kid before they even get in the car. Like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like, it's just, and let alone what's happening in the car, right? Like, damn, like that's uh, what happened to me. My dad, like again, it's Buddha now was not Buddha then like it's a car ride home. That I did not enjoy. Like, it was like, want to quit. Like, mm -hmm. and he was, you know, really nice educated guy doing his best. He was just frustrated. Doesn't know how to coach and guide me the best that he could at those times. And look, we, it was fine. Like I had no major trauma from that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Um, but it's just like, you know, that's common. That is common. I see it over and over and over again. Like in, and we all know that you're coaching my hockey, like, parents are often the worst, right? Like, like they get that because they're in the kid's ear after and before games saying the wrong thing. And so, you know, like that's, that's, those are penalties. The other big penalty is organizations. And like, what about parent volunteers in the organization? Parents running minor hockey organizations, hiring them the coaches and like, what the hell is that? Like, and there is just some messed up minor hockey organizations um, and with, you know, for whatever the reasons and even people that aren't parents. And they're just like, so, you know, leadership and we go to leadership, it starts at the top, right? It starts with the Hockey Canada. It starts with like the OMHA, the OHF, the, you know, the GTHL. Um, we were doing a thing with the GTHL and they're like, hey, would you, would you want us to do a series on, on mental performance and stuff? And they're like, nah, we're good. We were like, what? Like, like <laughs> okay. Like, like, oh, all right. I like, can't yeah, don't value our time. Like, so it's pretty much like the, like, just like not a snip, like, you know, I, um, I pretty much volunteer. I said, I'll work for free to help do some coach education stuff. Like I did my PhD in, in the psychology coaching leadership. Hey, um, you know, uh, coach Canada or whatever in the, you know, high performance. Hey, you want me to help? Like, can we talk about doing some uh, psychology stuff within your, now nah, we're good. Like, like we'll even take a PhD, played the game, studied this. Hey, I'd like to help. Now nah, we're good. Like, that's the response I get. So it's like, where's the leadership trickling down then to the organizations and so forth. And then, so you got like just a lack of leadership, I think in a lot of ways trickled throughout sport. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's obviously tons of great leaders in sport and great organizations and great coaches and great people in there. But there's definitely still some, you know, penalties offside 
you know, it's called bad apples or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And, and then you've got, um, and then one of them that go back to the main thing, parent coaches hiring parents that should not be parent coaches. And that, that's a huge issue. There's there, you're hiring a guy with his kids, the worst player on the team. It was just like, or not even hiring, just selecting. Don't select them. I don't care what his resume is like <laughs> the worst player on the team. The, the dad's not the coach. Like, it's just not, he's not like, it's not happening. Like mm -hmm. he's just setting everyone up for failure. Like it's just not good for the kid. It's not good for the dad. It's not good for anybody. Like, mm -hmm. don't pick that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Penalty. Like that's penalty. It makes Huge sense. Huge penalty. <laughs> um, you get into like paid coaches and like mm -hmm. paid parent, like, you know, that like, um, you know, AAA and uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole business and it's a whole, like you want a good coach, like your, your kids on, on the fast track, whatever. And there's, there's whole other things I can get into that, mm -hmm. but um, you know, paid parent coaches, So you got a paid coach and then the parent coach's assistant that's paid or like, yeah. you know, there's, there's all kinds of these fuzzy lines. I think there's a lot of offsides going on there. And again, that comes from the top down. And sure. like I was, when I was a head coach, I think I had some of my assistant coaches, like they, you know, they were kind of, you know, some paid for some of their time. And like, you know, it's like, uh, like, but it was like, I look, like, who else was I hiring? Like, I don't know. like, it was just like, it was just kind of, who else got to get to show up all the time? Like, mm -hmm. it's not always easy to get good coaches and consistent. So there's a lot of structural problems there that make a ton of penalties coming up in lots of ways. The last big one I'll talk about with penalties would be uh, um, the, the education then of the coaches and of uh, the parents. And so, they're screwing it up. Like, you know, what rain's going through. Where'd you get, did you get the playbook rain on how to coach your kid on the mental side of the game and be a parent coach to do the parents get the playbook on how to handle the car ride home. And yet, and not just do the car ride home where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because there's so many parents that are just so passive and don't right. coach and guide yep. and they're not supportive because they don't want to step on anyone's toes. And then that's not helping. And then you got the over involved. So how do we walk this line? Where's the playbook? How do you do it? How do you, how does a coach, even just a coach that's not a parent, how are you working I with your athletes? Trust right? and accept his invitation to help create guidelines to help foster. The, yeah. the, <laughs> the playbook is at consistentelitperformance.com. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, this was, that was a bit unintentional, but I was yeah. teeing up. We got the mental toughness playbook coming out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. That's announcement. It's actually intended mostly for coaches, but parents could. I'll probably do one for parents at some point. But it's needed, man. It's so much. It's needed, right? And 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 like so, I've got like a university. They want to bring me in to do all the coach education for the coaches. So I've got a minor hockey organization. They might bring me in to work with all their coaches in there. I've done because they don't have this playbook like the, and they don't have the, the, um, that handle. So like, to me, it's fine to hire a parent coach or select a parent coach yeah. if they know how to do it. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? And they're in that mm -hmm. place and, but you got to get to that place and like, you gotta have that relationship with your kid. Cause mm -hmm. I've seen some great parent coaches. Yeah. I've, I've seen some that they do so a great right. job, so right? There's great, there's great parent coaches out there. So it's so, and, and parent coaches are needed cause you're just, mm -hmm. you know, you need volunteers. Um, there's just, you know, especially at the, you know, you get to the, the lower levels and let alone the issues around how expensive sport is already. Right. For so, sure. um, it's, you know, that's just adding, adding to it. So, um, which, you know, go, goes to our point. Like, uh, so anyways, yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah. It's 
but doesn't mean it's necessarily a good part of the game right now. Sure. I think it's a penalty part of the game. There's penalties and infractions all over the place, but you're not going to take it out of the game. So how can we, you know, stop taking so many damn penalties and uh, and start educating people on that? This is this is a penalty. Um, What's that weather in Britain? What's that <laughs> the consistent elite oh, that's performance. How, that's how we uh, 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 When's this drop? I haven't got that page loaded yet. We're working on the page. It's not ready yet. I'll buy that handbook. I'll buy that playbook. Come on, get that going quick. We're gonna get a promo code for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Out. I'll keep it short. Um, so I'll say it's part of the game. I'll, I'll join the car wash as well that Rain's opening up. Rain and Cassidy are opening up. Um, I'll join lots the car of, wash. Um, lots of space I'll, here on Switzerland over here. Yeah. Uh, I want to play Risk with uh, a game of Risk with Cassidy. Uh, I got I'm making an, deals. Yeah, making I got deals an alliance with you that. all the time. Like an alliance. Um, until when, though? Until when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roll those sixes and you're done. Um, I'll... Uh, I'll say it's a part of the game for like, you know, Rain right now, your, your son's at an early age developing. So do you need to go out and like put him in some other program and have someone else deal with him? I think it's obviously a sensitive age, but he's all, he's just figuring all the stuff out. Are you a little hard on him? Because he might not be accepting passes at four years old when he was five or, you know, maybe, you know, but that's just us as humans and, you know, Obviously, we're trying to get rid of that, but I think it's a good time when, you know, they're just getting into that development stage to be there, to be their support, to be their coach, their parent coach. Um, kind of look at, you know, Tiger Woods. We all saw the documentary, I'm sure. Um, his dad was a, a freak about his, you know, coaching and what Tiger went through as, as a, you know, at that age we're talking about. And, you know, there was that scene in the documentary where uh, a teacher said, hey, you know, we want to put Tiger in a another sport. And his dad's like, no, he plays golf and that's it. There he's not playing other sports. He doesn't have girlfriends. He's not doing this. He's playing golf and that's it, right? So, you know, there's, I guess it, it comes down to the parent, right? But I do think at, at an early age, it's always good to have you know, the person you're closest to help you develop the skills that you're developing. I do think it becomes a penalty where it's all for, for gain when, you know, the, the kid might not be the best. But, you know, the family has some money. So, you know, they're throwing money at it. Get me on the bench. My kid will be on the bench. And now he's playing more than someone else who deserves the ice time and just all those little politic things. That's when it gets to me where it's like, you know, major penalty. Yeah, There's that's no, a five-minute major. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's no room for that in the game. Um, but, yeah, like to both of your points, you know, obviously finances is a, a big thing, right? And not everyone could just send their kid to... Not everybody can make the big bucks like you, beloved. loved <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm an entrepreneur, like... Uh, Cassidy's hockey school back in North Maine. I love that story about the garage, you know. So we, we all find our ways. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a part of the game early on, but it becomes a penalty later on when, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's just to get your, your kid 
out there when maybe he's he's not at that level yet. <laughs> yeah, but I got um, I got to echo because Rain said too, yep. is the number one thing, and the kind of a little teaser of the the playbook yep. is the love of the game. It's like that's your number one goal, and but like how do you foster the love of the game? Mm-hmm. Can you make somebody love it? No, but you can create the right environment. How you say things, how you interact with them, how you okay. show your joy and love of the game, mm-hmm. right? And so it's understanding those soft skills. And that's the number one job of parents, parent coaches, coaches is to foster the love of the game, that intrinsic motivation. And uh, and so, yeah, check out the playbook. <laughs> that, <laughs> chap- <laughs> that will be chapter one. Are you hiring? That's chapter one. Finding the love of the game. Literally, we have the Beyond the X and O's. That's actually uh, uh, fueling the love of the games. The one we got uh, in two weeks. That's the next uh, Beyond the X and O's monthly workshop. (laughs) But also, like one last thing before we wrap this up is what Rain said about you know I'm harder on my kid. He won't play if he's not this. You know, there's that other side of the parent coach not just doing it to get him more ice time. But now you're like involving yourself in another way that you shouldn't be involved in. You know, it's like let the kid play and let him yeah. or her it be. It becomes a strain on your like what relationship matters more. Like exactly. Your, the dad father relationship matters more than the coach uh, that coach has. Sure. So keep and that's why again keep that perspective. That love of the game's key. Yeah, good points. Yeah. All this right. has been fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, are, we, so, are we going to bed tonight, or are we? Just yeah, up? like yeah, <laughs> we'll do the after we'll hours show. Twenty-four hour hotline dial in. What's the number? <laughs> dial in. We got Dr. Cassidy, Doogie Howser, Preston, and, and we got who, who do we have on the ones and twos over there? We love the music We'll get the vibes happening in the studio here. Um, but my, uh, cl- my clock's set, so I'll just keep. I'll just keep the bell. <laughs> but uh cassidy this has been a lot of fun so your website is consistent elite um you're you're doing something with the coaches site you said that's yeah so up? we have like a partnership with the coaches site so it's a, we have an ongoing beyond the x's and o's monthly workshop that's okay. super cool um definitely check that out and then we have you know, partnered by them as well. The uh, for the seventh uh, plug is the uh, mental toughness playbook for coaches. Uh, that's in August, and then we'll have, and then we have uh, other athlete things in there as well. So, um, and then and the, the parent coach programs. book is coming out soon. Yeah, the after. parent ones uh, for shortly after. Yeah, so. amazing. <laughs> but, how, can we, how, can we, how can we find you? Where, 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 can, we, where can our guests find you? Twitter, yeah. Twitter or anything? yeah, Twitter as my handles are just Cassie Preston. Uh, Instagram's the handles consistently performance. Um, okay. we're on there. Uh, and then obviously our website, there's contact info. People can apply if they're interested in uh, starting a program or hearing more about it. So those awesome. are uh, the best ways to get a hold of us. And sure. yeah, look, uh, I really appreciate it. I've never seen so many plugs of my website and uh I was you know, I was I was coming you know reading too much about business i think lately <laughs> honestly it, it, but it's it's amazing stuff like all our jokes aside yeah. like what you're doing yeah. is you know like rain said at the beginning it's almost like you pioneered this from an early age and it's mm-hmm. it's it's much needed especially <laughs> at a time yeah. that we're in right with all these yeah. unknowns and you know all that stuff so but yeah 
Dr. Cassidy Preston. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, joining us today, man. It's been it's been it's been real. <laughs> Very, that's real talk. I love yeah, it. Yeah, real talk, man. <laughs> what a guy, man. Like, we were so honored and uh, to have wow. Cassidy Preston on our show today. Like, like it's I, I am speechless. And there were long stretches where I was just so thankful that I co-host a podcast that incorporates guests because the information that he was sharing uh was like the gospel for me for like sure was, he was he was he was something special and he's better than doogie hauser because doogie hauser <laughs> was an actor on a sitcom <laughs> or a series or whatever it was and he's doing it in real life making a difference in this world a lot of love for that guy yeah great episode like like i like we said in the intro we went you know we shifted from uh, a, a bit of a wild episode with Rick Rowley, but you know, getting Cassidy in here and him. Hey, is... Rick's still our boy, though. We oh, love for Rick, sure, for I sure. I'm just saying, it was a good switch up for our audience, right? And our uh, audience is probably like, you guys are like, like, like they're just going to be tuning in because they just never know what you're going to get. That's right. We keep like them guessing. Forrest like, Gump. Like <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Never you know, know what you're going to get. Exactly. Never know. <laughs> But yeah, once again, thank you so much, Cassidy, for doing that. That was amazing. And uh, we're definitely going to be in touch. Like, uh, you know, Rain gave him your number. Actually, he already had your number after you stood him up for your first date. But uh, we. He doesn't do it again. No. Otherwise, yeah. No <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're both going to be in touch. Like, you know, he just. He, he has the right mentality happening right now and everybody could use a little bit of Cassidy in their life. Um, and his, and, and the playbook he's coming out with, right? The parent playbook, oh, let's plug it again. the coach playbook, <laughs> you know, that's all coming out. It's great. But, uh, what a great show. Thank you guys for tuning in guys. Please do us a favor. Follow us on all of our socials. Please subscribe. subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Spotify, our I think we're on Apple now. We made we're it. On Apple. We made it. We made it. We're we on Apple it. Podcast now. We're up in the big leagues. It's our and turn at that. As long as they're here, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, uh oh, now I think you just gave us a copyright strike. Um, <laughs> with that great singing. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, we, we're on Apple. We're, we go long. We know we go long. But you have guests like Cassidy, Dr. Cassidy. Where do, you, where do you stop it? Where do you where stop them? And like our segment penalty part of the game with the parent coaches. Like, what a guy. Like, both of your answers were amazing. I had to keep it short because you both blew me away. I know we all the jokes aside, I like to chirp you a little bit. But Rain... Your answer was beautiful and Cassidy touched on it and it was it was amazing. So thank you guys so much. Please follow us um, to the Ed Eddie Mello Legacy Foundation. Please check them out. We'll post the link. Um, Joey Mello, thanks for the shirts and the hats and all the merch. I'll get these hats to rain when he's back in studio. <laughs> to our sponsors, Own Aces. To our socials on this side. Which side? This I don't side, know. Side? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna block you out. I think with all the socials. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and be part.
of the game. Let's Woo! go.